just for one day. Welcome to So To Speak. Well, uh, this, my name is Lyle. My name is Evan. And we're joined with our guest, Cody. Yeah. And we're going to... I'm back again from the 90s. You guys keep dragging me back from the 1990s. Like, like At what point a... are we going to make this guy a co-host? I was just about to say that. Cody, you're more than welcome to join us. Yeah. I can't... You can't... Hey, no. Uh, no. It's your show. Oh. It's, it's, it's both our shows. It's our shows. It's everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 your show. I just like to come on and say my thing, and then move on back to the '90s because this era in the 2020s is pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough so far. I had a thought before pressing the button. What if we called this podcast Corona Radio? You know, like a uh, Rage Against Machine had Gorilla Radio. So what if we had Corona Radio? Yeah. <laughs> Lights out, Corona Radio. <laughs> Vaccinate that shit! Cough that shit out. Okay, so what we're going to do is do another bracket tournament where we basically compile a bunch of our personal heroes. I believe the criteria was like we pick one favorite filmmaker of ours, one favorite actor, and one favorite musician. And my picks are as follows. Okay, we got... Steven Spielberg, director of such classics as Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Jurassic Park, uh, Schindler's List, Duel. Which I, we're we're going to be here all fucking day if we talk about this guy's yeah. yeah. oh, Let me just say I, this before I, we move on. I saw Duel for the first time this year. Holy fuck, what a suspense, suspenseful movie. It's a good movie for like a first time director. Oh yeah, so. no, it is. like It's filmed incredibly well. Uh, have you guys seen all? Uh, have you guys seen all thirty-two of his movies? No, no. I'm a Spielberg nut. Uh, I, I don't even think I own like at least ten of his movies. I I need to watch more Spielberg. You're but, a third of the way there. Yeah, I'm a third of the way there. I I, I I've seen everything from Duel to uh, I guess at this point it would be Ready Player One. Yeah. Ready, Ready Player One or BF? No, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I've seen all. I've seen them all. <laughs> Crazy. And next on my list is uh, Sting. Gordon P. Sumner. Gordon P. Sumner, who was uh, the lead singer and bassist for the yes, Japanese rock band, The Police. Yes, he was in a band called The Police. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> it's just a Evan. stage name. <laughs> just gonna make Evan. Noise. Yeah. And you don't have to put on the red light. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> But you should send the SOS <laughs> to the world. That's it. I prefer to do that, yeah. <laughs> Put on the red light. Put on the red light. And Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Funny guy, Tom Hanks. Everything he says is a bit. Yeah. Uh, guys, lovely soul. Uh, got COVID and lived, so that's one highlight of 2020. Yeah, that's, that's quite heroic indeed. Yeah. And the, no, the re, what's really heroic about this guy is not only did he survive getting COVID like in his early 60s, he donated his blood plasma to contributing towards medicine against the disease. That's yeah, awesome. Create, create a vaccine, yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. All right, I guess I'll go through mine. I got uh, Quentin Tarantino. Nice one of you there, Lyle. Yeah. <laughs> Looks 
Everyone always says it. I did used to have a soul patch when I was in high school. I think I was, like, imitating him. Believe it, yo. He yeah. did. Yeah, I totally did. Yeah. Let me tell you what Lega Version's about. <laughs> I need you to tell me how fucking good my coffee is, alright? I'm the one who buys it. I know how good it is. I wonder how I wonder how Quentin Tarantino would talk if he murmured every other word. What? What do you mean murmured? Like, I need to be coffee. Oh, I'm the one with that. Yeah, I know how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> what? What do you mean murmur? Like, I don't know. What if he talked like this and almost like down? Like all I know, is, all I know is that when Bonnie goes shopping, she buys Bye, shit. shit. When I buy my coffee, I like okay. to spring for the good stuff. Yeah. I drink it. I like to taste it. So yeah, Tarantino's <laughs> filmography, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, the Kill Bill series, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hateful Eight. He actually hasn't made as many movies as, like, Spielberg. He's made... Spielberg has made nine feature... No, the, sorry. Tarantino's Tarantino. made nine Tarantino has made nine films, and apparently his tenth one's going to be his last. His very last. So unlike Spielberg, who's been pumping out, like, his entire career, Tarantino's uh, made quite a few, but at the same time, they've all been consistently great. So that... He is probably he is probably the most successful filmmaker of our generation. Because... I agree with that. He... Yeah. He sells movies based on his name and his style. People go to see his films because of him. And all of his films have either been... Well, uh, despite uh, Hateful Eight kind of getting a little snubbed by uh, The Force Awakens just because of bad timing back then, all of his films have been financial successes and critics and audiences fucking love them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty commendable. Yeah, I would say so. That's why I picked him for this list. My next pick is Mr. Bring your friends. Oh no, no, I do. And I'm yelling, and I'm screaming, and I don't know what I'm singing. It's hard to bargle, nargles out all these marbles in my mouth. <laughs> that's a guy who every time he sings half of it is mumbling yeah. so that fits better for the criteria than yeah. Tarantino so yeah, Kurt Donald Cobain uh, co-founder, lead singer and guitarist of Nirvana one of, probably my favorite band and influential uh, rock I'm, musician I'm, I'm nowhere near the Nirvana expert that you and Cody are but they had three albums in their time right? Uh, three three yep. uh, studio albums yes. three studio and one EP right? Uh, I don't know about an EP one, well, well uh, no, uh, three albums. studio albums yeah three studio albums and one live uh, MTV Unplugged Okay, yeah, and they had a comp album called Incesticide too that, that yeah. counts yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, probably one of the most inf- probably the most influential alternative rock musician, especially of the '90s, created an entire wave of grunge music and spoke to a generation. All that jazz. I, yeah, I, I, I could wax on and on. Uh, left this world tragically early. Yeah, it's too bad. Left a legacy we can only imagine. He died during a year where movies were actually incredible. Yeah, it was kind of funny. This, uh, Kirk Cobain died the exact same year as my other person, John Candy. No shit! 1994? 1994. Oh, yeah, 94, yeah. Wow. 94 is, like, the best and worst, let's be honest. A fun fact, uh, he's your hero, but my, uh, asked my dad about the house he built for John Candy in Nova Scotia oh, at some yeah, point. Oh, yeah, he built a house for John Candy, yeah. Yeah. 
so John Candy, Canadian legend, SCTV alumni. Also, former president of our school that the three of us went to yeah, yeah. was John Candy's manager, Rick Bennett. Rick Bennett was his manager, and I got to meet him personally. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, Rick Bennett was a cool dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Huge uh, contributor to a lot of John Hughes' best work. I think he was also, like, the manager of, um, I think there's some, there's some uh, sports, I think it was actually just, like, a stadium that he owned, actually. I think he, he owned, he, he organized some sort of sports thing. Uh, uh, I can't put There's another fun fact about John Candy you told me the other day that I want to kind of get on here. Where it's like... He was the co-owner of the Toronto Argonauts of the Canadian Football League. From 1991 until Ooh. his death. Oh, sick. So he co-owned the Argos? Yeah, he co-owned the Argonauts. Nice. Yes. Um, what's that Damn. one fact you were telling me about how on the set of Home Alone, like, you know how John Hughes... Oh, yeah. I was watching a documentary yeah. about Home Alone, and, like, he he was put on... Okay, so John Hughes was super anal-orientated about the script. He didn't want anyone, like, ad-libbing or adding anything to his script. But when John Candy came on for the one day he was shooting... Um, John Hughes was like, just let him ad lib, let him play, because he he was co he was playing along with uh, Catherine O'Hara, who was also an SCTV uh, star. So they were like, they they always juice up and do really good stuff together. And then um, so he worked for 23 hours straight on that one day of a shoot, basically his entire run of the movie, and he did it as a favor. So the pizza delivery kid who was in the movie actually got paid more. Than John Candy did for the entire run of his movie. That's, just like dark. That's funny. Poca 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 poca. Oh, we left our son in a mortuary, but you know he was all right. I mean, after like seven weeks, <laughs> he, he, he was all right. He improv. He he improv all that. He made all that up, so and he was brilliant. <laughs> and I, was, I think that yeah, this shot's from Uncle Buck, which is another classic. Uh, John Candy, not my absolute favorite. I think that that's designated for his role as Del Griffith in uh, Planes. Oh Trans yeah, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I love yeah. him in that role. That's so. That's good. probably him that is most iconic. Absolutely, but <laughs> my favorite role of him is Barf from Spaceballs. He's great in Spaceballs too. That's your favorite <laughs> role of his? Yeah. Well, oh yeah. Because yeah. he's a mug, half man, half dog. Hi, my own best friend. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's your name? Barf. Your full name? Bartholomew. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 the way he says it with such like confidence, like a hero. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, that's that. why he's on here. He is a hero. That's why uh, he's on here because he is a hero. So I need yeah. uh, I need to see Canadian Bake Michael Moore's comedy. Yeah, yeah, he's good in that too. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're moving on to Cody. Canadian uh, yeah. director. So, yes, my Canadian director Denis Villeneuve, directors uh, director of such hits as Prisoners, Arrival, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Insanis. Uh, the upcoming Dune film, which we were supposed to see two weeks ago, but until COVID <laughs> fucked up everything. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Probably one of the hardest yeah. working people right now in the yeah. Hollywood. You know, he's great. Very, very he's, great. Uh, he makes films that are very bleak, but also hopeful at the same time. His, his, the themes he likes to explore in the f are very fascinating and very... Uh, very personal to him. Uh, and 
yeah, no, he just he in, inspires me. He makes me confident that the movies that I want to make one day will be a, a reality. That's sweet. Um, That's really nice. I think him and I think honestly, him and Spielberg and Fincher are like my top like. And I guess Tarantino. So this is actually a pretty good night that we're talking about similar people. All these people here we're talking tonight are great. So, oh, yeah. um, and then my musician is uh, a man by the name a man by the name of Justin Vernon, but as his stage name goes, is Bonnie Barr. All right. Uh, he's a folk uh, musician, but now has moved on to a lot more electronic electronic stuff, and he's a very heavily collaborator. He's done hit songs such as Skinny Love, Holocene, and Hema. Uh, yeah, I I love his music. I know I, I, if anyone's watching me right now, you're going to be like, wow, you are such a hipster because of the glasses and your indie fucking music. But I don't care. Music is music. And to him, music is an expression. And there's no one out there that has a valsetto, uh, uh, what's the word? Valsetto? Oh, yeah, valsetto mm -hmm. and a falsetto and also baritone voice like he does and how he combines folk and electronic sometimes is very unique and I challenge anyone out there to tell me if anyone's like him. So yeah. he's a beautiful soul. Yeah, I, and last but not least, oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Is all right? It's fine. I was just saying that, uh, yeah, I just started, I, out of all the people here, he's probably the one I'm the least familiar with, but I did listen to some of his work where we started and yeah he's, he's very good until he's an indie artist it's an acquired it, it's very definitely a, an acquired listen like when yeah. i first heard him like i couldn't get into it but that's because you gotta kind of have to be in this kind of like isolated kind of like weird mood to kind of get into it because his songs are so kind of deep and his chord progressions are always kind of i wouldn't say progressive but they're a lot um they're a lot different he, he doesn't follow like a structure per se but yeah it's an acquired taste like fine wine <laughs> and then uh and then yeah last but not least is a good old jim carrey oh. the star stars of such hit comedies as ace ventura liar liar dumb and dumber the mask and also his dramatic roles like internal sunshine of the spotless mind and the truman show i saw um, I saw both of those for the first time uh, in 2020 as well. Yeah. No, nice. Yeah, nice. Say last year. It's not 2020. Last anymore. year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year. Frickin' January. Yeah. Uh, but, all, but also, just a quick shout out. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but like he. I know that, I mean, I know 1994 was kind of a sad year, as we mentioned, because of two of your heroes passed away. But for him, it was kind of his breakout year because he had three big. <laughs> hit films that put him on the map in that year yeah, yeah, with Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. and like... It's pretty crazy. For Tarantino, that was the year he released Pulp Fiction and made a real name for himself, so... Yeah, look, yeah. like I said before, 1994 was an amazing year for film. 1990s, baby, I keep saying it. Yeah. <laughs> but right before 1994 he was on that fox show in living color which is one of my favorite shows of all time oh yeah it's a it's all it's all uh sketch comedies from the waynes brothers and it's a very politically incorrect and hilarious show it's like it's kind of the precursor to Chappelle show and key and peel like that kind of mm -hmm. stuff where they just they just 
take the African American culture and just completely blow it up with exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> but but Jim Carrey's on there and he's like a standout in that show. He's actually known as James Carey back then. Oh wow. Yeah, I watched that show when I was younger. It was always on Comedy Central. I really I really it's, liked that show. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> and yeah, but Jim Carrey, he's been a lifelong like hero of mine. I I love him so much. He makes me laugh. I did you see yeah. him play uh, Joe Biden on the recent like post election? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sucks that he he's not coming good. back for that either. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's he's you know he's 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 very like in and out with the roles he wants to take. He's very just kind of does his own thing at this point. He's very meditation heavy and like yeah. believes that there's a like you know he's. He believes that there's a higher being in life than just being famous, and he's kind of stepped away from the spotlight yeah, um, recently. Uh, but it's... did you did you see that video of his where he's like in his painting studio and he's kind of just like painting like all these canvases and crafting sculptures by himself? I didn't see that particular video, but I am aware uh, that yeah, he is a painter and he he's done apparently like cartoons uh, um, yeah. by himself. I can see him but, being a cartoonist. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Oh yeah, I mean, he has he has like a rubber face, and he's very energetic and cartoony. Yeah, yeah I, know, I felt weird watching that video because I haven't seen Jim Carrey in a long, long time, and seeing him kind of act a little bit isolated and weird, it, it gave me kind of like Orson Welles vibes, like near the end of his life, where he just kind of lived in a shed that his friends owned. He just didn't really have much to do with himself. So I don't know. I'm just I got a little worried when I saw that, but I think he's doing better now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's got his head on his shoulders. He, you know, he he, he uh, you know, he takes his mental health seriously. He's not, you know, he's pretty passionate. Yeah, and that's what that's 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 kind of the mark for a lot of comedians too. Like, you know, they they use comedy as a mechanism to make them feel better. And yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We shall start with this tournament. We got a bracket. All right, here we go. Here. So the first this is the most bizarre list. tournament. This is the most bizarre tournament ever, but it's gonna be fun. All right, yeah, let's have some fun with it. So first up, are you ready, Cody? Are you ready, Evan? Yes. Quentin yes. Tarantino yeah. versus Steven Spielberg. And what is? Oh. Let's see what they're gonna do against each other. What are they competing for? So we have a list of competitions or thing personality traits that each one could have. We have to debate. Okay, so Quentin Tarantino and Steven Spielberg. Out of the two of them, who is the bigger philanthropist? Uh, I'm going to say Steven Spielberg because maybe, okay, in my completely biased opinion, because Steven Spielberg has basically made entire movies dedicated to, like, other minorities. Like, he made Schindler's List to basically get comfortable with the fact that he was Jewish, he is Jewish, and that being a Jew is part of his heritage. Because he grew up in... The post World War Two, 1940s, 1950s, sorry, Arizona, and at the time, like you'd think in a post Holocaust world that Jews would get a little more respect, but no, like anti-Semitism was uh, quite the problem in North America and Europe for many, many years after. So, okay, but so so no so, and in addition to that, I know that after the big earthquake in Haiti in 2009, 2010, he gave uh, a lot of money to the victims there. So. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not too familiar with what Tarantino okay, has uh, done. I'm looking that up right now. So Tarantino is a very big advocate for Black Lives Matter. 
That's cool. He's also a big advocate for film uh, preservation. He often actually, he actually um, owns several theaters throughout the the country that he tries to support and tries to like. I can believe that. Uh, screen like hidden gems all across the world. He's a big fan of world cinema. He's says here he also supports AIDS and HIV, cancer. You mean uh, treatments for these diseases? Because like to say he supports a disease is. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm just busting yeah. your balls. Thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there is a lot that he's attached to. Um, he often goes to like protests, and he goes to like major events where like. Um... He sounds like an activist. Uh, yeah. He's very. He sounds very much like an activist. Um. I, I don't want to make this kind of like about who has donated more money to charity because I feel like because Spielberg is wealthier than Tarantino. Yeah, wealthier, sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Spielberg has like tons, not just his films that he's directed, but like all the things that he's produced. He's produced, and yeah. um, I mean, he started his own company like DreamWorks. You know, him and uh, the two other guys. I forgot their names. Uh, Jeffrey um, Jeffrey Katzenberg. The yeah. disgruntled Disney CEO who thought he owned all their ideas, and yeah. uh, that other guy. I mean, if you look at the two filmmakers' networks, uh, definitely Spielberg wins by a long shot. But like, of terms of like, if they're a uh, thermantipist, and well, I, I am actually... looking, I am looking at a website right now called Look to the Stars. Tarantino is said to be part of twelve causes. Uh, Spielberg is part of 16. So, so, not so much by virtue of how much money they've donated, Spielberg is a part a of a little bit more causes. He's part of 16 charities, Quentin Tarantino is part of 5. Uh, and I also, I don't know if you guys know this, do you know how much money uh, Spielberg took home of uh, like during production-wise of making Schindler's List? Uh, how much? Probably not a lot. Nothing. I can totally believe that. That's really nice. That's nice. He, he took home nothing, which is very commendable and respectable. Well, that's what I was saying. That's why I, I uh, harped so much on, you know, how important of a film Schindler's was to him. And I didn't know yeah. until you just told me. So that's incredible. So, like, I, I say Spielberg I wins Spiel, this round. I think Spielberg gets by on this round. I, I think Spielberg does get the win, but there is one thing that... Uh, kind of like makes me kind of frown a bit and i hate to use this term but like what i just want it? to say okay boomer his uh, his whole his whole his whole views on the fact that like netflix movies and streaming movies aren't the the paving the wave of like cinema like he's not being a little bit like in touch with like yeah. times have changed and and roma you know i'm just gonna use roma for example because i think this all started when people were you know really wanting roma to win and he was saying like the Academy Awards should not be giving Oscars to movies that are made for streaming services. But I'm just like, are you kidding me? The amount of effort and craft that goes into movies made for home is just as relevant as ones that are going to be made for the cinema. It really for is. Sure. I used to I used to think like he did, but then I, once you actually get a streaming service and watch the exclusive content, you'll realize like the hidden gems out there. So yeah, yeah. yeah so so that's Spielberg, one that's one little point. Yeah, that's one little point I'll dock him. But like you know, I, I think Tarantino's his. I mean, if we're talking just more about like their views on film, like I think like. 
my God, uh, Tarantino is like a film, like legit film lover. Like he doesn't want like the film negative and like all that to go away. Like he loves the magic of that where yeah. you know he hates digital film. He hates digital filmmaking. He yeah, he just he wants things to always be. You're, yeah, I I just put when you when you said like he's a lover of film. I pictured him in the body and stance of Anton Ego from Ratatouille. I don't like film. I love it. <laughs> if I don't love it, I change the channel. That's not at all mm. how. I, that's my Peter O'Toole impersonation. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Okay, but let's, moving, keep, let's keep going. So moving on. Don't worry about Terrence. You know, he's not out of the game yet. There is like a loser bracket. So we may be able to get up there after uh, we're done with the main uh, bracket. Okay. Um, next up, we have Tom Hanks versus Steven Spielberg. They, those two have so many times. Those guys are like besties. Yeah, yeah they're best friends. <laughs> So let me just load up the list. I just I didn't know this. I found this out recently actually because oh, I was God. skipping through uh, Crave HBO. But they they're the they both Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg are executive producers on Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. I can believe that they okay. both they were both in Saving Private Ryan. So well, okay. Spielberg wasn't in it. <laughs> Spielberg wasn't in it. Here's... Okay, the next is who is the nicest? This Tom Hanks is the nicest. Uh, <laughs> I think it's honestly it's it's honestly unanimous. It has to be Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, because like Tom. Okay, like when was the last time Tom Hanks said something even remotely like controversial that may? Well, then again, there are a lot of like conservatives who hate him because he picks on Trump and also because, uh, do you know that in 2020 he was the target of a really nasty conspiracy theory, which I, for the sake of, you know, time, I'm not going to go into, but if you're not, if you're conservative or a far right person, you're probably going to not think Tom Hanks is the greatest guy ever, but seriously, he doesn't say anything like controversial or like mean spirited or down. It's not like Spielberg where Cody, you just dox Spielberg for, you know, making a really out of touch with reality comment. Tom yeah, Hanks, opinion. I wouldn't say it's like all that outwardly negative. Well, well, then again, like Tom Hanks, I think what makes Tom Hanks such a gem is that if he's got opinions, like he, he keeps them to himself. mostly. Some opinions he keeps to himself, and a lot of what. But when he talks, he's just such a gem to listen to. I don't understand well, how he, you can he, hate he's the America's guy. sweetheart. He really is. So Tom Hanks. Yeah. I think that's fair. Although I have heard really nice things about Steel, Steven Spielberg. Like he is like really like chummy and easy to work with. Yeah, no, like yeah. A, I read an interview. A Canadian someone for I think Cineplex um, or Seen It magazine, a, a Canadian publication. They, they, he came to Montreal to do an interview for the BFG uh, premiere, which was had its Canadian premiere, and basically, he Spielberg is just a gem of a guy to talk to, like just yeah. to even be with. Like I, I'd chill with him. I'd go to, I'd invite him over, like to have snacks with him. Okay. 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 So, so, so Tom, so Tom Hanks is nice. Yeah. Mm, like I mean, nice. I, think re- I think, I think, I think. I think Rita Wilson's a very lucky woman to be with him. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. Okay, next, so next up is Denny Villeneuve versus Bonnie Var. 
Bonnie, Bonnie. Oh shit. Bonnie, okay. Bonnie Var. Bonnie Var. Bonnie Var. Um, <laughs> the con the 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 singing competition. <laughs> Is this? Are the odds stacked against Mr. Villain? You? I don't know. I've not heard his uh, singing voice. <laughs> wait, wait, are you serious? It's like, who's the best singer? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. Some wait, of these okay. are a little bit biased. Like, some are... Yeah, fun of this. yeah like, it's like, Bad you know, song. like... I will say, like, you listen to Bonnie Barr, and you're like, wow, yeah, he has a very distinct falsetto voice and a very distinct baritone voice and how he has, like, that range. He has good range. But, really. uh... Well, he's a singer. And... With, but with, yeah, with that singing voice, so it's just kind of like, I don't know, I've never, uh, watching interviews with Denis Villeneuve, he seems so humble and quiet, and, uh, you know, he, he's he's fluent in French, and, you know, he's definitely trying to speak English as much as possible, even during his interviews. Um, yeah. It's not his, like, first language, because he's, he's French-Canadian, you know? Like, yeah. give the guy yeah. some credit. Quoi, yeah. So, so, yeah, uh, so, Bonivar, you progress. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty. But don't worry, Denny will come back. Next up, Sting versus Jim Carrey. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what's? I'm very curious to know what the contest well, I'm will be. Curious too. The biggest net worth. Uh, I'm gonna say. Oh. I'm gonna make an educated guess that Sting has the biggest net worth because. Uh, I think so too. Yeah, he's been around because yeah. Sting's wow. been around for longer, and Sting also has like more albums to his name, and he's produced more records than Jim Carrey has oh, made you never films. Know. Okay, so Sting has a net worth of four hundred million dollars. Okay, and holy shit, that's pretty good. That's pretty pretty good. And Jim good. Carrey, Jim Carrey has a net worth. Uh, 180 million dollars. Okay, so, so Sting. Oh I, I, oh, I just looked it up. It said 150, but yeah, definitely Sting is the winner here. <laughs> yeah, man, that's just, that just comes with age. I mean, Sting's been yeah. in the business since the 70s. Jim kind of started like late 80s. I'm, I'm now, I'm now just picturing, I'm now just picturing Jim Carrey just robbing the bank as the mask and stealing money just to <laughs> keep up with, Don't keep up with We're Sting. All crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up. Oh man, John Candy versus Kurt Cobain. Oh, that's that's tough, man. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see what the contest Let's is. Let's see uh, what they're gonna do. The best in their field. So John Candy as an actor and Kurt Cobain as a musician. Uh, the best comparatively. That's kind of hard to discern, uh, but I get it. Uh, the the real tragedy is that both of these guys uh, had very well. I don't know John John Candy had a longer career than Kurt Cobain, but at the same yeah. time, I'm gonna go Not with really. John Candy. I'm gonna yeah. go with John Candy because John Candy set out to be a comedian and an actor, mm -hmm. and I find that he has a lot on. Yeah, as you said, longer career, so he has a lot under his belt than Kurt Cobain, but. As much as I love Kurt Cobain, he's an ama he was an amazing poet and a guitar player, and he like paved the wave of like a new genre of of rock music that was grunge back then. Yeah. Some sometimes he isn't the best singer. Yeah, and he's not the most experienced guitarist, and he even admitted that like in terms of solos, he kind of just fucks around on his guitar. 
He's not. Which is which is fine. Like you know, yeah. like he can he can riff as much as he can, and you know he's definitely empowered by like this energy of just you know wanting to he's vent through raw energy. Through, sure, but he's not a proficient player. Yeah, and even I mean it's kind of sad because he always had doubts about himself and like you know his 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 craft. So it's it's kind of like a it, it, it's kind of. It's almost giving it to the points of John Candy, just more out of like because he more believed himself. Uh, we're getting yeah, into yeah, such yeah, dark territory. I, I know it's 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 unfortunate, but like yeah, is John Candy, uh, closer to the end of his life, was doing a lot of dramatic work. He was in the Oliver Stone uh, JFK movie, where he plays like. A, oh, was he? Yeah, he was in it. Oh, I, uh, he played. Oh, a, I didn't. He played, I've seen bits and pieces of that movie. I haven't seen it in the whole movie, but yeah. He, wow. he played a uh, an angry homosexual uh, congressman, or some someone within the White House. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the movie, but that, that that was such a role that I wouldn't expect John Candy to pull off. But apparently, he was incredibly wow. good. Wow. In was Kevin Bacon in that movie? But he also played someone who was gay. I, I don't know. I haven't seen JFK, but yeah, John Candy's in it. Okay. <laughs> John. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Kevin Bacon. I gotta see it now. <laughs> and Kevin Bacon. Is that that three-hour movie that we... I think it's pretty long. Yeah, yeah we were mm-hmm. thinking of watching that on election night while the votes came in, but you know, yeah. we watched it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you know, even though it hurts, um, I will say that John Candy is like a more... Yeah, he had a more professional career and it lasted longer and he was certainly well-respected among his peers. And all that. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't feel bad. We'll, we'll see Kurt again. Rest in peace, both of you. Gentlemen. Rest in peace, both of you. Yeah. Um. Uh, we now should we? Uh, let's just get through this entire round, and then we'll go to the the second yeah leg of the tournament. Next up is sure. Tom Hanks and Bonnie Vare. Hmm. Let's see what we get. I was really afraid that Tom Hanks and John Candy would be the nicest competition. Oh god, that would be hard. It would be. I, I would say it would be because John Tom John Candy, uh, my dad. They're, they were they were in a, they were in a Splash together. Yeah, they were in Splash together. Oh wow! Yeah, they were brothers. Yeah, they were brothers. Yeah, they were brothers. Holy shit! Yeah, in Splash. That's yeah, the, that's where the the girl has autism. No, not the actress has autism. I believe she's on the. I believe she has Asperger's. Yeah. Who? Um, the actress uh, Splash. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah has Asperger's. Yeah, she does. Supposedly, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sorry. Oh, I did not. I did not know that. Wow. Maybe I should double check just so we don't get whacked. Oh well, wait. She suffers from fear of open spaces. Um. Uh, she's diagnosed as autistic. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, so yeah, not necessarily Asperger's, but like she is on the spectrum. Oh. I did not know that either. Nice. That movie's on Disney Plus if you ever want to watch it. Evan. Splash? Yeah, cool. they, they digitally yeah. captured so you don't see her bum bum. Hey, that's right. <laughs> Dang. All right, so Tom Hanks, out of Tom Hanks and Justin Vernon, who is the smartest of the two? Oh. I mean, Bonnie Barr, yeah, Justin Vernon, Bonnie Barr is like smart. I mean, to be okay, because these are like two humble people. I know you haven't yeah. seen that much interviews with Justin Vernon. He doesn't really do that much. So even 
even preparing for this podcast just to kind of refresh my memory about like you know how much he means to me like it's kind of hard to find some decent interviews with him because he doesn't do all that much i'm, I'm but... looking at both of these people's uh education to see where they went uh uh justin vernon went well he grad he attended uh, memorial high school where uh, uh -huh. in his hometown where he still resides and then oh uh, wisconsin in wisconsin right uh eau claire wisconsin yeah and then mm. um he attended college at the university of wisconsin eau claire spending a semester in ireland and he majored in religious studies and minored in women's studies uh, okay he also said that he was not ready to study music wow uh he formed a band while in college and uh, yeah that's well yeah that band that would later on that band that later on would break up and as well as, as his girlfriend emma who broke up with him at the exact same time which like completely no. ruined his life and he like went into isolation and wrote his first album as bonnie Ver. so one thing kind of led to the well, other this band is a weird name it's like d armand edison yeah yeah it's hard to pronounce yeah it's like d armand edison <laughs> what is it with this guy <laughs> his name um okay i'm trying to see if he graduated though because if he graduated then yeah after the break up with his girlfriend uh what's tom hanks is uh um yeah it doesn't really say if he graduated or not or if he like i, I assume he got his degree so like, i guess he went through it all tom hanks i would assume is went Great. to like all these amazing acting schools i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah um he had the education from california state university and shabbat college i'll pronounce that wrong i'm sorry yeah, oh this is kind of cool he went to a high school called skyline high school in oakland california that sounds like I, I don't know, that sounds so cool. Skyline High School. Yeah. I don't know, I like the name That's of it. That's cool. Yeah, okay, he studied theater. Um, he also... Oh, he was a college dropout. Oh, okay. In 2010, oh. he named Hanks one of the top ten college dropouts. I knew uh, if Jim Carrey was in this round, uh, yeah, he dropped out as well. Jim Carrey actually dropped out of high school. Yeah, he dropped uh, out of high school because he needed to support his family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you said high school for Tom Hanks. Okay, yeah. No, no, sorry. College dropout. That's much Oh, different. okay. He did, have an in he did have an internship at uh, the local theater festival where he was in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, he had a three-year experience covering most aspects of theater production and prompting him to drop out of college. Uh, during the same time, he won the Cleveland Critics Circle Award for Best Actor in his performance in uh, Two Gentlemen of Verona. I'm gonna... It seemed like he just dropped out of college just to kind of pursue his career in acting, because he kind of so, knew what he wanted to in do. In terms of, like, smarts, yeah. that's kind of a, a win for me, because, like, if you can drop out of... If you're so good that you can drop out of school to just go work, then that's the point. Of, that's college fulfilled. Like, with... Because the whole point of going to college is to get a, a degree... To get a job but if you can skip the degree and go right to the job then you know that's pretty that's pretty competent and smart of him 
Yeah, I, I'm just more like, yeah, you guys are digging more deeper with that. I'm just kind of looking at it more superficially with like both for Tom Hanks's filmography and then with Justin Vernon's uh, discology. Like, I feel like Justin Vernon has just been kind of been progressing in a way or just been kind of keeping his fame under the radar where he doesn't want to be as famous, even though he's he's appeared in like Kanye West songs and just recently Taylor oh, yeah. Swift songs for uh, that folklore album that she dropped recently. Oh, okay. Um, but for Tom Hanks, like, I feel like when people talk about Tom Hanks, they're talking more specifically about like, like the, you know, the golden age of his filmography like the 80s and 90s like and maybe a few early 2000s films but like lately aside from uh captain phillips really hasn't been much standout performances yeah him. well uh he to be fair he did uh, play mr rogers in 2019's it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood i didn't see that is he good in that oh he's great in that i do okay like his, i do like his range he's both a comedic and dramatic actor yeah and yeah, yeah. Variety. Like, I know, he, like, I, I agree, Cody. Like, his, li lately his uh, performances have been kind of, like, more perfectly serviceable. But, yeah, he hasn't had, like, many iconic roles in a while. He kind of, he does a lot of biopics with Spielberg. Yeah. Like, he did Bridges Spies, and he did The Post within the span of, like, three years. Yeah, he's, he's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty good with accents. He's pretty good at learning, like, heavy amounts of dialogue and carrying scenes on I found I found his accent. I found in uh, Spielberg's uh, The Terminal. I found his accent to be kind of distracting in that movie. Oh yeah, um, where he's maybe from, it, he's from that fictional company Garcogia. country. Garcogia. Garcogia. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit distracting. Maybe it was just because I knew it was Tom Hanks, and it's hard to not hear his actual voice. Which yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, okay. Oh, and he he he's like one of the best screamers of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know when he was doing the, when he was doing the voice of Woody, he actually heard his diaphragm screaming the lines that Woody's supposed to scream. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should look up after on YouTube. The uh, you guys have probably seen it, but like when they were uh, testing out like the early stages of the CGI of Woody from the, the yeah, they used audio from Turner and the Hooch. Like not the wrong, you stupid, stupid dog. Oh, <laughs> you stupid. And what's that? Fuck. In uh, oh, you stupid fuck. And in that, uh, <laughs> and in Toy Story, there's a line where he, where Scud's gnawing, gnawing his leg. It's like, go away, you stupid dog. Down, down. Yeah, but I think we're digressing too much. So uh, of the two yeah. This is a tough um, question. I don't think it. I, I'm gonna say I'm like, gonna how do you measure smarts? Like, cause I don't know either of these guys in person. I don't know, like, like, um, I like present. I'll, you know, I'll be nice. I'll be nice and like give the point to Tom Hanks. I'm kind of towards if, Tom Hanks. But what if too. I want to actually say, well, if just uh, Bon Iver, like, kind of by staying out of the limelight, some would argue that that's very smart too. So, uh, honorable mention, I guess. I guess uh, it's two to two to three. Yeah, two to one. All right. Yeah. That was a tough one. Next up, Sting and John Candy. Oh. Oh, we're not doing All right. contests over again, so they're not going to have, like, a singing contest. No. <laughs> Although, has John Candy ever sung? Um, kind of, like, joke singing, like, yeah. you know, just... Not oh, the polkas, not, obviously polka. Polka, but... sometimes, <laughs> kind of sings out a song, nothing too serious, like, just kind of like, eh. 
It's like an average person singing, you know? It's like, yeah. Well, wait, did he sing in uh, Little Shop of Horrors? Oh, yeah, I think he did. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. No, I don't think he did. He was in it. I just don't think he sang. That was, yeah, Rick Moranis sang in that movie, and I think Steve Martin as well. This, um, next, th this next one's kind of biased. Out of the two of them, which one is the funniest? Uh, wait, wait, John Candy and who? Sting. John Candy wins hands down. <laughs> Although I'm say this one thing, um, because Sting wrote the so a couple songs for the Emperor's New Groove, which is in my opinion the funniest uh, hand-drawn Disney film that's ever been made, uh, Sting actually stepped in and had the ending turn out the way it does because the 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 original okay. ending that the writers came up with was Cusco was going to build his Cuscotopia summer home on the hill next to Pacha's, not on Pacha's. He was going to still build the giant home, but he was going to build it on the hill next to Pacha's. But then Sting pointed out, hey, if Cusco went and built a summer home, wouldn't that be a weak arc? Because it means that Cusco didn't really learn much. So Cusco just settles for a little cottage, like no bigger than Pacha's home. So... Uh, mm. the ending turned out the way it did because of Sting. So Sting influenced one of the greatest comedies of all time, but I wouldn't consider him a funny guy. I like, I thought was, John Candy, I thought was, on the other I hand. I thought his little bit in B-movie was kind of funny. No, that was, he could be funny when, you know... I'm sure he's a perfectly personable person. I just think John Candy is like a trained comedian. Is like Yeah. Leaps and bounds, like, yeah. well, that's what he's supposed to be. Yeah. And also, also just Sting having a sense of humor about himself when he appears in, uh... Uh, Radio Bart episode. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great. I think, I think most people yeah. typically like that. But um, you have to remember, like these are rarely are Sting wouldn't have ad libbed any of that because it's the mm -hmm. it's it's stuff that writers wrote for him to say, and if he likes it, he'll say something. But he's there. He's not like John Candy, where like every director is gonna let him ad lib. And also, Sting plays uh, the. Uh, uh, Baron, oh my god, sorry, the, uh, oh, Baron Harkonnen's, the, the Baron Harkonnen's nephew in the original Dune. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. But that's not a yeah. very funny movie. Alright, um, so Tom... Well, he looks funny, he looks funny with his haircut, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Like, yeah. guy, he comes out of the steam room, and Harkonnen's just kind of drooling at him. <laughs> so, that guy was a weird character. But anyways, uh, next up, Tom Hanks versus John Candy. Okay. What's the contest? Let's see. I want this to be good. Hold on. You'll remember I've got, me. I've, got, I've gotten this one three times in a row, so fine. Uh, most prestigious. Most prestigious. Tom Hanks uh, has Tom won. Tom Hanks has won, like, back-to-back -back Oscars for all his work. Um, but that's not to say John Candy isn't... And Golden Globes. And Golden Globes, yeah. But that's not to say John Candy isn't, like, celebrated within his own within his own country of Canada. That's true. So, yeah, like, he, he's, like, an icon in Canada. Yeah. Here he's in Canada, icon. I should so say. That's, that's, that's all, I guess <laughs> yeah. that falls more into but, legacy. Uh, but here's the thing, like, if you talk to him, is John Candy kind of like a tragically hip situation where if you talk to an American, most Americans won't know who he no, is? No, because he did a lot of American That's true, yeah. John Hughes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Space true. Balls. He he graduated. He graduated in a lot of American productions after working in Canada for some time. Yeah. So yeah, he's well known in America. So okay, okay. Um, most but prestigious. The prestigious, I think Tom Hanks easily. Well, if in the yeah, I think I think career. yeah, worldwide, a lot of people would know Tom Hanks more than John Candy, and yeah. sadly, I don't know if that. And it also has something to do with the fact that like probably newer generations are probably not aware of who John Candy was, sadly, if they're not watching shame. his old movies. That is a so, damn shame. Yeah. yeah. He should not be forgotten. In terms of, like, yeah. yeah, but, like, prestigious means, like, awards and, like, celebrations. Yeah. So. All right, so Tom... Oh, I mean, the fact that Tom Hanks won back-to-back -back for Philadelphia and, Tom and Forrest Gump, that says something. It does. Yeah. So. so Tom Hanks is on the top of the winner board right now. Now we're on to the losers. The elimination. Jeez, if it, well, I guess if Tom Hanks wins this game, I guess uh, we, if we ever see him in person, we have to leave him be. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to scuffle my hair. <laughs> Tussle my hair, Mr. Hanks. Tussle my hair, yeah. <laughs> Tussle my hair. Oh, oh Christ. <laughs> yeah. Kurt Cobain versus Quentin Tarantino. And the contest is... Just imagine imagine uh, Kurt Cobain playing uh, the theme for Pulp Fiction. Oh, miserable. Just in grunge form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just hear him go... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I have Kurt Cobain and Quentin Tarantino. Who has the best acting ability... <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my I'm going to have to say uh, Quentin because Oh no. Well, no. No, no. I actually have I have to be the contrarian here and I will argue it. Okay. First of all, Tarantino is not a good actor in any of his movies. He's really not that good. He really falls flat, especially especially Sorry, what? A lot a lot of people say he's actually the weakest part of a lot of his own films. Oh god, especially in Django Unchained. Oh my god. Oh, that's Australian right. Yeah. Australian accent. Where he stands. That was a terrible. Um, but yeah. the fact that Kirk Cobain, I will say this. Kirk Cobain did not want to do the MTV Unplugged Live. He was like so against doing uh, so against that because he just doesn't believe in like the commercialism and all that stuff and he just didn't want to play being more laid back and if you watch that whole performance, I have it on DVD, the whole mm -hmm. live performance. I swear he's acting his way through that to just try to phone it in because he just does not want to be there. But the fact that he actually presents some of the best songs I think I've ever heard, especially from Nirvana, yeah. is pretty commendable. So the fact that like he is legit just phoning it in the entire time but still resonates art is pretty great. Yeah, and there's, there's other instances. I remember there was this one tele televised program that wanted to play, but they want him to lip sync. And he no, 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 you never tell him to lip sync. He didn't yeah. want that at all. <laughs> you know but what? But he had to contractually. I'm... So he totally farted the performance away. Like, he's not even really playing guitar. He's, like, wearing sunglasses. He's, like, singing over the mic, even though he's not supposed to, and he's singing poorly. Wow. And everyone else is just throwing their instruments So can around. I just uh, agree with the contrarian here and just say, like, you know, uh, Kurt Cobain seems more raw like than Tarantino. He, like, he, he can give in, like, a, a really genuine performance. And in a lot of, he can be energetic. 
he can be funny he can be like kind of like kind of kind of kind of sarcastic in a lot of scenarios like he's pretty fun to be around honestly but like tarantino if he's in a spot where he has to act he just deliver he's on no tarantino he reminds me of david lynch and bear with me here Neither of these two men can act. When I see them on screen, I'm just like, oh, look, it's David Lynch, or oh, look, it's yeah. Quentin Tarantino. But they have this weird, strange strange stage presence where it's like, I still kind of like seeing them on screen. Even though oh, yeah, I mean, you get, you're getting almost like a kick out of, you're getting a kick out of your favorite directors in their yeah, own they're, movies. They're in the movie. yeah. Oh, look, hey, he's, yeah. in a, he's in Twin Peaks, David Lynch. I, I kind of like it. Even though he screams in every single line he says, <laughs> he's, he has a particular je ne sais quoi about him. Similar to Tarantino. Like, I, I recently watched Desperado, where he delivers this story, and it's, you know, it's his acting is, like, pretty, like, amateur all across the board, but, like, he's still fun to watch. I can tell, like, it's Tarantino being Tarantino, and that's eh, always fun to watch, too, but, yeah. I won't say he's a good actor by any stretch. And it's kind of weird because Kurt Cobain never actually acted in any movies or TV shows. No, but the fact that, like, like the, I think that the only person that's actually made an attempt of acting fails horribly, so I'd rather take someone who hasn't done but actually can perform very well. It's interesting because, like, like the other members of Nirvana have actually appeared in other movies, like... Chris Novoselic. That's true. The, the bassist was in World's Greatest Dad for like a short cameo, and oh, Dave wow. Dave Grohl was in like Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. He plays the devil on drums. <laughs> oh yeah, wasn't wasn't Dave Grohl? He also popped up as himself in the newest uh, Bill and Ted. Oh yeah, that's cool. I haven't seen. Yeah, that. yeah, that's awesome. He was. There is this rumor I like to talk about where he was almost cast as um, the drug dealer in Pulp Fiction, Lance. Kirk. Oh geez, thank there's God so, he wasn't. There's so many rumors where he's like the drug, and like like Eric Stoltz's character and Courtney Love would have played his wife, and it's like so 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 what you need to do is you need to bring the needle down in the stabbing motion. What you need motion. to do is bring the needle down in a stabbing motion, and you don't have to do it three times. You don't have to do it three times. You just gotta bring it down and penetrate her heart. You know? <laughs> fucking, can I have a black marker, please? <laughs> God, it's like the fuck's going on around here, Kurt. I mean, Lance. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna. I know that you told me to ne those fucking assholes to never to call here this late, and that's exactly what I'm gonna tell this fucking asshole right now. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Oh, this uh, Tarantino's a talented guy, but he can't act for shit, and that's why yeah. I didn't get this one. Next, I can uh, now just picture I can I can now just picture Tarantino going up to Kirk Cobain going, "You're fucking my shit up right now." You're fucking my shit up right now. Hey, uh, Tarantino. Don't shimmy me, Kurt. Okay. <laughs> uh, Quentin, if you're listening to this, he's not. In the one in a million chance you're listening to this, don't smirch Kurt's grave, please. <laughs> Okay. Oh, here you go, Cody and Evan. Next up, Denis Villeneuve versus Steven Spielberg. Oh, oh. one is heavily inspired by the other. Yeah, okay, uh, I'll I'll say that yes, you do oh, have the upper shit. hand for that because because Denis has said Spielberg is one of his main influences. Okay, let's. What's the contest? The contest is who has out of these two directors the biggest legacy. 
Oh my god. Oh, that's so unfair. Okay, that's I'm gonna big. say, as a Spielberg fanboy, I'm gonna say that's unfair. Denis Villeneuve's he's, legacy he's is in the making. He's starting out. Spielberg's yeah. legacy is still going. But okay, yeah. Spielberg's it, it, legacy you is like, firmly Spiel established. Let's just address this. Okay. Obviously, Spielberg is going to progress. He's got fucking Raiders, E.T., Jaws, Jurassic Park, he, he all under his belt. He started the De blockbuster craze. Yeah, and Denis has Arrival. Uh, well, that's the thing. However, if you take if you take this if you take this past decade, the years of like 2010 to 2019, not only has Denis like established himself as like one of the best directors working today, yeah. but if you compare the two, uh, Spielberg had a pretty rough decade. Yeah, yeah the no, 2010s yeah, were... Yeah, he wasn't doing his best stuff. With the that. exception of Ready Player One, Spielberg cranked out some generic, like, biopic stuff. Uh, it wasn't too big on Ready Player say, One. I wouldn't even say Ready Player One's, like, his best work. I wouldn't... I'm not saying it's his best... Compared to, like, his stuff from the 80s and 90s, God no, but... Spiel, that was kind of like a love letter to every other movie he's done. I mean, that's I mean, why I'm glad, he, I'm glad he made it. I mean, no one else probably could have pulled it off, but still. It's, inter it's interesting to know that, like, uh, Denis has also, like, you watch all, you, if you look at his filmography, everything from Insandis, and then after that, technically it, it was Prisoners, but uh, Enemy should have came first just because it got pushed because of uh, festivals. But, like, if you go mm -hmm. from Insandis to Enemy to Prisoners, Sicario to Arrival to Blade Runner twenty forty nine, then I guess upcoming Dune. It's like there's a progression in scale and yeah. scope in his movies. Yeah, I know. Like, like, and in terms of like Canadian filmmakers, he's like really making. Like, I forgot a good he made career. Sicario. I forgot he made Sicario. Yeah, he made Sicario. Yeah, he did. Yeah, like, and even before that, like I mean, I I've also I've checked out all of his stuff as well. Like even before that, uh, his French Canadian movies like um, Maelstrom and uh, August thirty second on Earth. Oh, really good movies. Like, he's just been solid from the very beginning. So, yeah, that's the thing. We have a rising star, and we have a firmly established, like, guy. Yeah. He, he, basically, when you think of directors, the first one you think of is Spielberg. Like, any other. Yeah, so, yeah, so he progresses, definitely, it's, 100%. Yeah. But we do no deeply doubt, no respect doubt. the work of Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. So, well, definitely check him out. What if, if like... Au devoir, Villeneuve. What if, like, by the time we are, like, in our 40s, Denis Villeneuve is the new Spielberg? He's just cranking out all the then we'll, films. We'll, we'll make a retrospective and redact this list. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, so Spielberg's yeah. the last director now. As once. I, <laughs> I kind of had a feeling he would, like, beat the other two, but... Yeah. Okay, uh, Jim Carrey versus Kurt Cobain. Oh boy! Oh man! One's from Seattle, the other one's from Newmarket. Yeah, that's true. Well, it sure beats raising cattle. <laughs> Let me just update this so we don't have any. Uh... It'd be nice if we had some funnier like entries. I do have some funny ones here, but like we gotta like. Well, for the next bracket tournament, yeah, we can go funnier. Well, yeah, I'm just. I have some funny entries here. I'm wondering, okay, <laughs> okay. Jim Carrey or Kurt Cobain, who could consume the most drugs? No. Oh. oh my god! Oh, oh I'm gonna... so sorry, Kurt. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry, Kurt Cobain. Why? 
<laughs> because isn't it isn't it isn't it like alleged that he was on drugs when he pulled the shotgun? I mean, maybe, but yeah, all throughout the last half of his career, he was doing like heroin and like speed. Control. And 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 also, I uh, also Jim Carrey. He said that before he was taking, uh, I think Prozac. Because he, he was he was just he suffered from like depression, but he says oh. he's been off those meds because okay. he just found he just he said he drug. he says that he doesn't even take like any kind of stimul stimulants like even coffee doesn't do any caffeine nothing he just, just he just he's so chill he's just so calm so uh yeah Kurt you were doing heroin you were doing even I mean even if you could say he's just like a stoner grunge guy whatever just doing he's pot doing but no he, he he's he's done he's done way more hard hardcore shit than uh, as evidenced than weed. by the fact that one of these guys is alive the other one isn't so yeah um yeah uh also um another thing i'd like to point out is uh uh, I watched this video, uh, What the Fuck Happened to Jim Carrey, uh, part of the WTF happened to, like, this uh, actor or this director, and the one about Jim Carrey is actually very sad, because apparently, like, Jim Carrey had, like, an ex-wife or ex-girlfriend who committed suicide, and he got blamed by the media for it, mm -hmm. so he had to kind of dip out of acting and out of being uh, in the limelight for a while. Yes. Yeah, and that really sucks because it happened when Jim Carrey was like, you know, still chugging along, making some half decent uh, comedies, and he kind of got his life fucked over uh, unjustifiably. So yeah, I mean, uh, and now and now he's now he's not even uh, he doesn't even advocate movies with uh, with violence, violence in it. Yeah, ironic though, ironic because he plays like a an evil weapons designing genius in Sonic the Hedgehog. Dr. Robot. Uh, it's okay if it's cartoon violence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't care. I didn't. I didn't really care about that movie because I don't give a shit about Sonic the Hedgehog. But he was the most enjoyable part of that movie. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw. I played Sonic the he quite a few Sonic games when I was in high school. So I'm just gonna say, uh, in terms of how it could have turned out, I'm so glad it didn't turn out how I thought it was gonna turn out. It actually it was better thought it was going to be and as a as a video game adaptation on film it's pretty solid how about that original design eh <laughs> oh god someone was on drugs well like no they, they, no i can i can picture the brainstorming session where they designed that uh render that we saw in the early trailer it's like hey god, they're like let's, yeah let's make sonic quasi-realistic okay but won't that like alienate the gamers the gamers are gonna migrate to the movie just the Sonic's in it, and then the gamers see the trailer is like, first of all, this doesn't look a fucking thing like Sonic. It doesn't match Sonic's personality at all. And second of all, Gangster's Paradise has nothing to do with Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Like, well, I, uh, well, I think I think it's I think it's just more like a retro kind of like thing because that was like early '90s uh, video game, and that's an early '90s song, so yeah, it's okay. Well, I mean, like, when I think of Sonic, I think of, like, uh, Lyle, help me out with the genre. You're more well-versed in music. I think of active, like, like not alternative, like, not grunge rock, but alternative rock. I think of alternative rock sped up really fast. Oh, so punk? I think, yeah, when I think of Sonic, I well, think of second, punk. The second trailer had Ramones. So yeah, I like... know. When I think of Sonic, I think of punk. Alternative. So it's like imagine the trailer. Imagine the trailer starts and you just hear, "Do you have the time?" 
That's the kind of see that Cody. That's the kind of music I think of when I think of Sonic. Yeah. We we, we digress way too much. But... Basically. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you guys have ever like looked in at Kurt's like basement tapes or like the stuff that his wife was recording at the time. I remember seeing this one video of him like puking into a bucket after taking a dose of heroin, and like he was just laughing while like covered in vomit. And Courtney was like, "Yo, you good?" And he's like, "I am now." Because <laughs> like the yeah, that that the that biggest... documentary montage of heck was pretty hard to yeah, get through. Heck, yeah, but like the reason why he did drugs that were heavier than normal was because he was suffering like intense stomach pain. Throughout most of his life, actually, you can hear that in his voice. Like, he said he often got a lot of his vocal power from taking it out of his stomach. And, um, yeah, apparently, like, he thought heroin was, like, the main way you could, like, subside the pain. But that's what heroin does. It kind of makes you, it, it elates you, does a heavy toll, it takes a heavy toll on your body. So it probably wasn't helping things. Yeah. Yeah. So sa sadly, he does get the advantage in this round. Yeah, because he did consume more drugs than Jim Carrey. That's that's a well-known fact. Um, if only it was like somebody like you know uh, Seth Rogen and Jim Carrey. It's like, well, obviously Seth Rogen would progress because he's like he he embraces the stoner, you know. Yeah, but I don't think he's done heavier but... stuff like what Kurt did. But yeah. Yeah. Definitely takes it in stride. Um, so next up, Sting versus Steven Spielberg. Who is the best with kids? Uh, sp uh, well, Sting, like I said earlier, Sting wrote the, uh, songs for The Emperor's New Groove, which is a children's film. Steven Spielberg is a grandfather, and he has worked with kids on his sets many times to the point where another nasty conspiracy theory about him was started uh, not too long ago. But I digress. So yeah, That's like a dark turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's very good with kid actors, I will say. He really is. Well, he have you heard this? Have either of you heard the story of how uh, the kid who played Elliot in E.T. Uh, got the role? Henry Thomas. Yeah. Henry Thomas? Yeah. Part because Stephen, because the kid basically remembered, acted, gone to the emotion of what his reaction was when his dog died or something, and he... Oh, no, 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 it, 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 it goes like this. Uh, they brought in uh, Henry Thomas, and the casting director, Spielberg, said, um, okay, so Henry, what we're going to do is play out a scene where we're going to play a government person who's part of the government, and we're going to come in, and we're going to take your friend away. And Henry Thomas just breaks down crying, saying, like, you can't take him away. He's mine. I don't care what the government says. He's my friend. And then, like, there was a pause, and you can literally hear Spielberg. Like, you can watch this this tape, and Spielberg off camera is like, Henry, you got the part. <laughs> and yeah, they no, just laugh. Like, They're like, like, no, no other, like, choices, no, like, contenders. It's like, bang on, you are the kid. Yeah. That, I, I love when he, he was. Yeah. That he really was. Uh, Spiel, but Spielberg. Spielberg has worked with uh, other kids, like in his movies too, like with uh, in uh, War of the Worlds, which I just showed Lyle the first time this year. Dakota Fanning is really good in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was in a pretty high part of her career, which she could just like take on any roles. Uh, yeah, I think I think Mr. Spielberg definitely progresses again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, is this gonna be Spielberg versus Hanks? That's where it's headed. It's gonna be a rematch. Oh god. <laughs> what can I say? He's done a lot with himself. Um, next up, uh, oh Cody, here we go. Battle, battle here. Bonnie Ver 
Bonivar. Fuck, I'm never gonna say his name right. Bonivar. Bonivar. It's, Bonivar. It, it, it is pronounced. It is pronounced Bonivar. Bonivar. Kind of like Good Winter in French. Bonivar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's okay, where Bonivar. he derives it from. Yeah. Bonivar. Okay. I will try to do better. I am sorry. <laughs> um. I could just call him... you, you just lost a lot of subscribers and all of them were hipsters. <laughs> I'll just call him Justin Vernon. Yeah. Justin. <laughs> why did we why did we put uh Bon Iver's uh name in brackets but not Sting next to Gordon Sumner? I don't know, everyone knows who Sting is. Fair enough, J- yeah. Justin Vernon is like his actual name, Bon Iver is like I think that's just the name of his band and what yeah. he's known best as. Yeah. Well no, Bon Iver is just like his stage name. Like it's his like it's his project, it's his work. It's yeah. just he has member he has, he has band members that help him out, but it's it's him that writes and produces the songs. But okay, he goes so by Bonnie Var. Bonnie yeah, Var. Bonnie Var against Kurt Cobain. Oh, okay. Okay, let's see what we get here. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, this one's funny. Who would win in a foot race? A foot race? Who would win? In oh, a like a foot? race on foot. Like you had to get one point to another and and race down like I don't know. I'm. Feet. Can I be honest? I feel like Bonnie 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 Vare is going to beat Kurt Cobain just because you know Kurt Cobain's physicality does not seem up to, did not seem up to snuff when he was alive. It wasn't the healthy. Yeah, and I I do have some proof of that as well to back up Bonnie Vare because he said that in high school. He he played football and basketball, so he is kind of yeah. more athletic. And He's I, an athletic yeah. guy. Okay. Yeah. That, that, this is pretty cut and dry. Kirk Cobain wasn't the healthiest guy on the planet yeah. throughout most of his life. And, like, if Bonnie Varr is, like, a fit athletic kind. He looks like a healthy guy, too. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's pretty... He's, 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 he's lost a lot of hair throughout his career, but yeah. <laughs> if you look at photos, he... <laughs> okay. All right. We're on the second last here. Well, yeah. technically, yes, but like, we'll soon see who gets to rise to the top and beat Hanks. Yeah. To be a hero. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to it's be the basic. best around. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. So it's uh, Bonnie Vare versus Spielberg, and the contest mm-hmm. is. Who, who would win in a fist fight? <laughs> I'm gonna uh, wait. Are we talking Spielberg from the '70s versus Bonnie Bear today? I don't know. Like when I think John Candy, Kirk Cobain, I think of it like just before. Like, John, but just like, Bonnie Bear and Kirk. It's, it's Bonnie Bear. Like I think Spielberg. of them at the kind of kind of where they are now or how they were before they left. You know. Um. I'm going to say yeah. Bonnie Vare would beat Spielberg's ass because Spielberg's an old guy. Like, Spielberg wouldn't need, I feel like Spielberg would run away from a fight. Yeah, he's, not, he's a non confrontational guy. If it was Tarantino, I'd have more of a thing to say about it. Yeah. He'd be whipping your ass up in yeah. the street. But uh, Spielberg, on the other hand, is like a little bit more like gentle and like kindred, and he's an elderly guy. Bonnie Vare is like way younger and way, health, like way more like. If he's in foot. The thing is. Or, but the thing is, Bonnie Varr is so humble, too. He just doesn't seem like the type that would pick a fight as well. I know. Um, like, what's this going to be? Is he just going to, are they just going to kind of, like, gently shove each other? Like, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I fell over. 
Bonivar, you technically win. I mean, I'm just I don't. Have well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I could. If do this a actually, rematch. if this actually, if this actually would happen, because of how much lawyers and clout and power Spielberg has, yeah, <laughs> Bonivar, then he then he would. He would lose the battle, think... but win the war. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. That's so, such a different that... way of looking at it. Oh, my God. So yeah. And, and in that respect, I think that even though, okay, it would seem like Spielberg because, you know, I I, I could see Spielberg having a little bit of a temper. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm, I'm sure, just kind I'm of sure like. I'm sure his job is stressful. I'm sure there are moments where he kind of snaps. I wouldn't be surprised. And if, like, Bonnie Bear had to, like, beat the shit out of him, um, my god, it would destroy the reputation, I mean, it, both their reputations would kind of be, like, you know, I don't even know if I would say on the line, but, like, yeah, definitely, uh, Bonivar would win the fight, but Spielberg would win the war, ultimately, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I guess, into, yeah, because I didn't even think of that, because the aftermath would be like, well, Bonivar is gone, who, what? Whatever. Yeah. Some indie guy. <laughs> Meanwhile, the biggest director of all time has been assaulted by this artist. By some by some and he's getting by a rock star. He's getting like This isn't this isn't like a rocky underdog story for Bonnie Varr. He's not gonna be rising to the top. Like I think uh, I Spielberg think will definitely Can you imagine if like uh, I didn't even think of that. Cause you know how like uh, on YouTube there is like actual YouTubers challenging each other to like boxing matches and wrestling matches? Uh, Jake Paul. Uve Bull. Oh, God. Well, oh, God. Bull isn't a YouTuber. Uve he Bull's is a... now. He has okay. a YouTuber. They're all, they're all a bunch of losers. Fuck them. No, but like, <laughs> no, but like, Jake Paul, like, will challenge random people and random celebrities to fight. And <laughs> now you're breaking me. I know. All I know, all I know who Logan Paul is, is because he was that asshole that, like, filmed a dead body. And it was like, isn't it so cool that we're filming a oh, dead man. body? Oh, man. Oh man, this is so intense. How how fucking sad is it where I can't even tell Logan and Jake apart? Yeah, they're interchangeable. Yeah, kind of confused too. Yeah, I didn't even know who he was until that. And then I'm just like, man, you just like made your reputation worse for some people. It's yeah, like, but I digress. So like, this is interesting. I think if that in that regard, technically Justin or Justin could beat Steven. But ultimately, Steven would have the upper hand because, like, yeah, he's so powerful. Yeah, he destroyed Justin. Exactly. Like, you don't even want to go there. Yeah. So, does that mean yeah. really Steven Spielberg would win? Yeah. Just Steven, Steven Spielberg moves on. Because, <laughs> like, uh, that's kind of, I, I think maybe we're thinking about that a little too hard, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I, I don't think it's right. Okay. Oh, this is kind of nice. John Candy versus Steven Spielberg. Okay. After surviving, okay. after surviving Bonnie Var, Spielberg has come to get a piece of candy. <laughs> oh shit! They both engage in a drinking contest. Oh lord! <laughs> I'm gonna have to say John Candy. John, John Candy. John Candy would win because John Candy can stomach more. Yeah, because well, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. Spielberg would probably pass out after. No, literally, there's this scene in Splash where John Candy and Tom Hanks are like at a bar, and Tom Hanks is wasted out of his. He's drunk off his gourd. He's sleeping in a pile of like peanut shells, and John Candy's like, the reason, it's all about body mass, and the reason 
Watching it drunk so fast is you're just too damn skinny. So I take it this yeah, this is no contest. Very pretty much. Uh, John yeah, Candy. I'm gonna have to agree, yeah. John Candy a big guy. He, he, there's a lot to love. And he can easily take his share of the sketch. So that means Tom Hanks and John Candy are gonna have a rematch. Okay then. The night two nicest guys in Hollywood of all time are gonna like match up together. I'm actually looking forward to this. Okay. And we got some uh good good polls here. So the two of them. Uh who is the most talkative? Probably John Candy. Say. He does have that demeanor about him. Every time I see him, polls, he's always like chittering away. And he, he, it's not like rambly. I mean, like Del Griffin is Del Griffin. I don't know if it's Griffin or Griffith. I think it's Griffin. He's very rambly, but it's not like I want him to shut up all the time. I do kind of like some of his like anecdotes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would probably give this one to Candy. But uh, if he wins this battle, this just means that there's going to be a rematch. So we will have another. Tom okay. And John. So yeah, in this round, in this regard, I think John Candy. Because Tom Hanks is, he always plays like characters that are like, you know, accommodating. You know, it's nice. They're more. They're more. He plays performances that are a lot more reserved. Yeah. Than yeah. Uh, than John Candy and John Candy. Yeah, he seems like he, he's more of the talkative type, and he's, he's a, especially uh, in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, where... God, he never stops talking <laughs> that movie. I think the only person <laughs> who could actually win in this regard, like in that yeah. one, would be Quentin Tarantino. That guy's yeah. never. Oh God, he's he a blabbermouth. He's a he never stops talking. But I, I I've seen all the Charlie Rose interviews with uh, when Tarantino came onto his show, and man, does he not shut the fuck up? <laughs> no, sometimes. Okay, I'm I mean, gonna... I, I mean, it's fine. It's fine for me because he's such a film like aficionado and will ramble about everything. Yeah, you can just tell out. that you could, yeah, exactly. And, but you could just tell like Charlie Rose is trying to like keep on topic and he's trying to like keep up because of like I. He could tell like I don't know who this director is or who these actors <laughs> are, man. Just fucking shut up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tarantino will run that regard. Okay, so I'm not gonna have the randomizer pick this one. I'm gonna pick this one as the last. Because I think it's the one that I really think would be the most equal on both hands. Okay. Who has the most personality? Oh, oh god. It's, uh, uh, wait, who 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 is it? Sorry. It's a rematch. Tom Hanks and John Candy. Uh, the two of them. Who has the most personality? Oh god. This isn't okay. Well, unfor I'm. I don't mean to be like the cynic here, but Tom Hanks has had the luxury of you know living longer uh, uh due to you know circumstances okay. that beyond yeah. control so did you did you know that because of what he did to his body for castaway of like losing weight and adding muscle and all that he later on became a diabetic i believe it yeah i did i didn't know that was the factor that's oh i mean okay i i mean you know i don't know his like family history or anything like that but like they be he believes that like a big factor in that was like you know, all that weight, uh, just all that mass lost in your body is not that great for you. But, like, yeah, he later on became, like, a diabetic, like, I think shortly after he did, like, uh, Captain Phillips, actually. So it took a while. I remember, um, like, uh, the, I, I was on set one day, and a buddy of mine was, like, talking about John Candy and, like, how his dad was, like, a tailor for him. 
and like uh, oh because he gained he, he like near near like he, he passed away because of a heart condition because he was he had he he was obese and um uh like the tailor was telling him you you've been gaining quite a few inches lately like uh what are you doing he's like oh i'm just i'm just drinking i'm just eating i'm not really giving a care of the world anymore and then uh. like yeah it was just kind of a shame because i think he, he did try to lose weight but like he was just built big is the way he always was so and his family's yeah insane. so it's just something that couldn't be helped Unfortunately, but also we're looking. But also we're looking at personality. Yeah, yeah, that, a wonderful I, I know, personality. Just like compared to what like Tom Hanks um, through, So, yeah, yeah. In terms of personality, this is really hard because both of these people are some of the nicest people I've ever seen on screen. Um, Tom Hanks is like such an affable guy. Everyone likes him. I don't think that too many people have too too many things to say against him. But John Candy, like every time I, I, I get such like a warmth. Out of John Candy, yeah. that I don't get out of a lot of actors. That's why I miss him so much, to be honest. Okay, here's an interesting question that might we can probably come up with a could be with a winner, a deciding factor. Okay. Out of all the films that they've done, could you pinpoint a performance where they were assholes? Uh. Or you can kind of detract them, where you're like. Because like um, it, it, wasn't there if, a... we're, if we're looking at the if we're looking at the person themselves, yeah, this is a toss up. Because as you said, they're um, both humble, wonderful yeah, human it's, it's beings. It's one thing but, um, to play an asshole than it is to actually be an asshole. Yeah, but I'm just trying, trying to. Get man, I'm trying to. I'm, the range. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to manifest. Uh, I'm trying to think of the idea like if you would all of a sudden hang out with one of these people, and you're getting to know them, and they are the heroes that like you know you 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 know, always yeah. perceive them as, and it's like that careful what you wish for, like don't meet your heroes kind of thing. If they all of a sudden just transformed into a, one of their performances in one of their movies, but they were like a jerk in that okay. movie, like which, uh, like, okay. Like, okay, for instance, for instance, if you, if you met Tom Hanks and he started, he started off nice and then he all of a sudden started acting like his performance in uh, A League of Their Own. Oh, yeah. Just a, a baseball. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just like a fucking jerk to everybody. And there's also I don't I don't know what movie it is, but like there's a movie with John Candy where he says the most like insulting thing to somebody who had like a zit on their face. Oh yeah, that was Uncle Buck. It was like cheap. Uncle Buck. Yes. Uncle Buck. I've yeah, seen that movie. The scenario was he was it was like his niece's um, niece's school. And the principal was like this really nasty hag of a woman who was just saying, I don't think she takes anything seriously at all. John Kennedy's like, six. And, and then, like, <laughs> like, basically the principal says all these horrible things about his own niece. And then John Kennedy just stands up and he's like, Lady, I think you're a horrible person, horrible to every degree, and I wish I had a penny. And he gives her a dime. Here, here's to pay a rat to gnaw that thing off your face. Wow. <laughs> and then triumphant music. I got and then he just shakes his hand in victory because he called her off. So, that was so, so there we go. So now we have kind of two similar situations. And really? for me personally, I would lean to more hanging out with Hanks because at least, like, he's being a lovable asshole. Yeah, but so... Uh... This is so <laughs> this is ridiculous. They're, they're, like, both, they're, both, they're both assholes. They're both assholes. Like John Candy, like always, like hanging around in bars and drinking down, well, and just having. A, what was that movie where like? Ugh. There was a movie that Tom Hanks did when he was a lot younger, where he's actually like 
quite a dick, and apparently Tom Hanks uh, didn't couldn't be. Are you, are you talking about Money Pit? Money Pit, where he like goes on a screaming fit. This is when he was younger. Screaming fit. But well, apparently he did that a lot in his earlier films. He did that. I yeah. That in uh, uh, fucking. Oh, the birds. And Hooch, he kind of does yeah. that. Also, big, he, the birds. He has a, um, he has and, a uh, in big too. Also, when he's, like, adjusting adulthood. In Toy Story, mm-hmm. uh, Woody. Oh, Woody could have been a way. Yeah. In Toy Woody Story, almost. Do you know, uh, Disney Woody was almost the worst. Disney almost shut Toy Story down as a production because Woody was too mean. Yeah, but Tom. Woody was an asshole. Yeah. No. Woody, in, Woody, in Woody was. Woody was, was, Woody was trying to. Woody was trying to keep Buzz around the whole movie just so he can like clear his ass at yeah. the end. But like, you know, it, even yeah, in the finished movie, Woody is still a dick. Yeah, like yeah, know. but 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 Woody Woody gets better, especially like in the second movie. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Well, even but, Tom uh, Hanks though stated that yeah, I don't really like this guy. Kind of a douche. <laughs> well, you probably didn't say that. Yeah. Oh man, this is so hard. I can't pick between the one. I you know what? I'll just, Can we just? Get I'm a gonna, coin toss going. No, like, I'll, ultimately, I'll lean into one. I will pick John Candy, because he's a Canadian icon. Um, I would totally would have loved to have met him in person. Tom Hanks, if I tried to meet him, I think security would just shoo me away. But I feel like John Candy would be like, oh, hey there. Thank you. Thank you Well, very let's much. say, like, you're ever on a panel at TIFF or something, and Tom Hanks is hosting it, or he's on the panel, and you get to talk to him. I would shit my pants. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I could see yeah. that happening. Um, too. I mean, I don't know what I'd say to him exactly, but yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm I, I'll vote. I'll vote for Tom Hanks, but I'll, I'll let you guys. Uh, okay, so Kelly uh, votes Tom Hanks. Oh, I vote John Candy. I Kevin, to, you're the mediator. I in have this to situation. F- <laughs> a fucking deadlock. Yes. Uh, uh, who has the most personality? Well, I mean, like you know, John Candy is the type of guy who could like light up a whole room, mm-hmm. and I honestly feel like if I give this to Tom Hanks, like, he'd just be, like, it would be cliche, like, I kind of want to go the, the hipster route and say, you know, John Candy, because John Candy, like, my dad only met him once, and he actually said that, you know, John Candy was one of the friendliest people he ever met, like, John Candy had, could light up a room with a smile, so... Uh, that's amazing or towards john candy quite honestly even though i love tom hanks and always will love tom hanks yeah Yeah, they're both they're both incredibly nice people like i i i I would be honored to be in the presence of either of them yeah but i would just go Mm -hmm. john candy all right well that was an intense round honestly a lot of that was intense a lot of blood was bled and a lot of speed was sped but uh we (laughs) had some candy we had some candy and we had some candy. Yeah, thanks, Tom Hanks. But no, you mean Hanks, T. Hanks. Isn't that crazy? That that's crazy. Like if you put Tom Hanks's initials, like T. Hanks, Hanks. Like that. that just How adds, lucky! I don't can know you why that just adds something to his personality. I know that's so insane. <laughs> but it just. Adds I didn't even to think his, of that. Yeah, T. Hanks, thanks. You, when he writes social media posts on Instagram, do you know he ends all of them with H-A-N-X, Hanks? As in, like, his, well, that's his way of saying thanks. Oh, my God. Uh, so cheesy and lovable. Uh, that's, yeah. that's great. That's great. Yeah. Man, but I swear to God, I still wish John Candy was around these days. Sometimes I yeah. think, like, 
people like Robin Williams or like John Candy, where it's like I really just love watching them or seeing yeah. them and interviewing. Oh, jeez, I took Robin Williams' death so hard. He was like I was that was probably to put him on here too. That was honestly, oh yeah, me too. He, yeah, I, I, there's no, there's not really like it's more like when you hear about a celebrity death, you're like, oh, that's really unfortunate. When Robin Williams died later on that night, I just kind of sobbed to myself because I, I felt like, wow, a bit of my childhood just died. Yeah. It did feel that way, quite honestly. Like, and the only two times I've ever cried over a celebrity death were uh, uh, Robin Williams and Carrie Fisher. Um, um, yeah, mine were. Oh, I was. I was kind of devastated, definitely, about Carrie Fisher, but I don't know, something about Robin Williams, just because there's a lot of history with him, like, yeah. his movies and, and his stand-up later on, like, oh my god, the best. Well, I mean, because, well, I think Robin Williams cut deep with a lot of people. It also jump-started the conversation about depression and understanding uh, people with depression again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, because Robin Williams, like, um, you feel like if you were talking to him, like, He'd be really nice at first, but then, like, if he got into a deep conversation with him, he'd start, you know, crying because of how unhappy he is, mm-hmm. which is really it's, it's, about. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. Um, but yeah, no, Rob, but Robin Williams is one of those celebrity deaths where I can remember exactly where I was when I heard the news, so yeah. Um, I, it also, like, his death affected me the way uh, Kobe Bryant's death affected a lot of my friends who were into sports. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people took Kobe Bryant's death hard. That's sad. I didn't. I'm not too familiar with him. I'm just not that big into basketball. Um, yeah, but I don't think any of us are really ooh. hardcore sports guys. Yeah, well, Otherwise, we would have maybe picked an uh, athlete for this. My but, but my, that is true. Yeah. My good but my good buddy Brandon is a huge Raptors fan, and when he he's a huge basketball fan in general when he heard that kobe died like uh you you could yeah. he was so upset my friend brandon can be can go off into these like not fits but like these personality modes where it's like do not talk to him like for an hour or more until he's calmed down because like kobe bryant's death cut him deep and kobe yeah. bryant's death just like robin williams it was out of nowhere like um, yeah kobe wasn't sick with anything like uh, he he just was in a helicopter crash. Uh, it was a freak accident, but it. it told I think a, I think I think maybe a basketball hero of mine would be Michael Jordan, uh, sure, just for one reason. Big contender. Just, just just for one reason alone. If you guys want to take a wild guess. Space Jam. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we brought we brought the... not even good Space Jam. Uh, Cody, uh, and to our audience, we're gonna recommend a video. Um. Lyle and I like to listen to the Amazing Atheist and his podcast that yeah. he does with Paul Zygo and his brother we're, Scotty. We're pretty Deep, heavily inspired. Deep by Fat it. Fry. TJ Kirk on his solo YouTube channel, The Amazing Atheist, did the funniest review of Space Jam I've ever seen. Check it out. Oh, I gotta see this. I gotta check no, this like, out now. He hates Space Jam. Like, there are a lot. There are, oh, honestly, I agree with. I still kind of enjoy Space Jam, like, as a 90s gem. It's one of those movies. Oh yeah, me too. It's it's pure it's pure like '90s trash, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but but here's the thing: like uh, Air Jordans and Looney Tunes, like that was a '90s kids, you know, diet, you know. Yeah. yeah. But so, anyways, and that, would, would we be interested in doing an episode about celebrities who passed on too soon? What's really sad. Like what but what you, did, you know what's really this. sad? What's so sad, Evan? 
We've a lot of I know when I re-listened to so to speak episodes from you know the la the better part of 2020 that we we've been doing this show. A lot of the times we mention celebrities, it's often followed by "May they rest in peace," and we've talked about a lot of you know celebrities who have very sadly passed on. So it's a fact of life. Yeah, yeah. it's a fact of life. But you know, I feel like if we just dedicated like an episode, uh, an episode to celebrities who were taken too soon, that might be worth a, a shot, actually. Yeah, sure. Uh, in the pipeline. Yeah. Anyways, thank you very much for uh, watching. Thanks again, Cody. For, Thanks for uh, listening. And uh, have a good night, everyone. Uh, yeah, once again, yeah. here, um, all good things ahead. For sure. Thanks, guys, for having me. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. For sure.